Strange Animals Podcast. Welcome to Strange Animals Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Shaw. Remember episode 87 about globsters? Well, let's revisit some globsters I didn't mention in that episode. Or basically just any weird dead animals that have washed ashore in various parts of the world. We'll start with the Konakri monster, which I learned about while I was researching last week's episode about small mystery animals. In May 2007, a huge, peculiar-looking dead animal washed ashore in Guinea and Africa. It looked like a badly decomposed alligator of enormous size, with black plates on its back that almost looked burnt. It had a long tail and legs, but it also had fur. Its mouth was huge, but there were no teeth visible. If you've listened to the Globsters episode, you can guess what this was just from the mention of fur. It's not fur, of course, but collagen fibers, a connective tissue that's incredibly tough and takes years, if not decades, to fully decompose. But what's up with the burnt-looking plates on its back? Well, that's actually not rare in decomposing whales, and it's not even on its back. The carcass is lying on its back, so the plates are on its belly. You can even see the ventral pleats that allow it to expand its mouth as it engulfs water before sieving it out through its baleen. So yes, this is a dead baleen whale, and we even know what kind. The legs aren't legs, but flippers, and details of their shape and size immediately let whale experts identify this as a humpback whale. Another strange sea creature, referred to as the Ataka carcass, washed ashore in Egypt in January 1950 after a colossal storm that didn't let up for 72 hours. When the storm finally abated, a huge dead animal was on the beach. It was the size of a whale and looked like one except that it had a pair of tusks that jutted out from its mouth. Witnesses said it had no eyes, but they did note the presence of baleen. The baleen identified it as a whale, but what about those tusks? Well, it turns out that those are bones that were exposed by the stormy water. They're called mandible extensions, and the whale itself was identified as a British whale. It resembles a psi whale, and not a whole lot is known about it. The longest British whale ever measured was just under 51 feet, or 15.5 meters. It's related to blue whales and humpbacks and mostly eats small fish like anchovies, cephalopods, and other small animals. It's a swift, slender whale, the only baleen whale that lives year-round in warm water, so it doesn't need blubber to keep it warm. And you know what? A diver was once swallowed by Brutus' whale. Okay, It didn't actually swallow him, but it gulped him into its mouth when he was swimming near a school of fish. Fortunately for the diver, after a few minutes, the whale spat him out. Another diver had a close call in 2015 when a whale charged past him to gulp down some fish that he was photographing, and he was nearly swallowed, and then he was nearly hit by the whale's tail. This is why you would never, ever, ever, ever get me in the ocean. 
Anyway, in baleen whales, the lower jaw is made of two separate bones called mandibles, mandible extensions, or just lower jaws. They're only loosely attached to each other and often separate after death, especially after being tossed around in a storm. Even longer ago, in 1925, a weird dead animal with a duck-like bill and a long neck washed ashore at Moores Beach near Santa Cruz, California. It's now called Natural Bridges State Beach. The monster was almost 20 feet long, or 6 meters. A man named E.L. Wallace said it was a plesiosaur that had been frozen in a glacier, and when the glacier melted, the carcass was washed south to California. E.L. Wallace doesn't appear to exist. People have looked into this. We're pretty sure this whole deal about plesiosaurs was a newspaper hoax. But when someone took the carcass to the California Academy of Sciences, biologists immediately recognized it as a Baird's beaked whale, also called Baird's four-tooth whale, because it has four teeth. The head was nearly severed from the body, only connected by a twist of blubber that looked like a long neck. The school kept the skull, which is still on display. The Baird's beaked whale lives in the northern Pacific and can grow 42 feet long, or nearly 13 meters. Its dorsal fin is small and toward the back of its body, and its flippers are short and rounded. It has a bulbous melon, the bump on the forehead that helps with echolocation, and long jaws that do sort of resemble a duck's bill a little. Males fight by using their four sharp teeth, which jut out from the lower jaw and are always exposed, so that they eventually get barnacles growing on them, but females have the teeth too. The Baird's beaked whale is a deep diver that mostly eats deep-sea fish and cephalopods, but it will also eat crustaceans and other invertebrates. It hunts throughout the day and night, unlike most other whale species, and researchers think it probably doesn't use its eyes much at all, certainly not to hunt. It has well-developed echolocation that it uses instead. In 2015, a carcass now dubbed the woolly whale washed ashore on Sakhalin Island, which is part of Russia even though it's very close to Japan. It was more than 11 feet long, or 3 and a third meters, with a bird-like bill and fur. But it was later identified as another Baird's beaked whale. That's not the first weird carcass washed up on Sakhalin Island, but it's the most well-documented. On the other side of the world, in the town of Tecalutla, in Veracruz, Mexico, in 1969, some locals walking along the beach at night saw a monster in the water. It was 72 feet long, or 22 meters, with a beak or fang or bone jetting from its head, reports vary, huge eye sockets, and it was covered with hair-like fibers. Some witnesses said it was plated with armor, too. It was floating offshore, and later the people who found it claimed it was still alive when they first saw it. Since the hairy fibers are a sign of a whale or shark that's been dead and decomposing in water for considerable time, they probably mistook the motion of the carcass in the waves for a living animal swimming. There's no way that thing was alive. It was already smelling.
but the locals who found the carcass thought its bones were made of ivory and would be valuable. They kept their find a secret for a week and managed to haul it on shore. It took them 14 hours and was probably really smelly work. They tried to cut it apart on the beach, but only managed to remove the enormous head. By that time, the rest of the body was starting to get buried in sand. At that point, the locals, frustrated, decided they needed heavy machinery to move the thing. They told the mayor of Tekalutla that they'd discovered a crashed plane, probably expecting the city to send out a crane big enough to move a small plane and therefore big enough to move their monster. But, of course, when the volunteer rescue party showed up to the supposed plane crash, all they found was a really stinky 72-foot-long corpse. The mayor decided that a stinky 72-foot-long corpse was exactly what tourists wanted to see. So instead of hauling it out to sea or burying it, he moved it in front of the town's lighthouse so people could take pictures of it. He was right, too. A college student who traveled to the town to film the event said there were a hundred times more tourists in the area than usual, all to look at the monster. What photos we have of the monster aren't very good and basically just show a big long lump. Biologists finally identified it as the remains of a psi whale, a baleen whale that you may remember from episode 67 about sea monsters. Living psi whales are probably the source of at least some sea monster sightings. The horns or beak were probably jawbones, as in the Ataka carcass we talked about earlier. Let's finish with something a little different. This isn't exactly a globster or hard-to-identify monster, but just a plain old obvious sperm whale carcass that washed ashore in Florence, Oregon in the western United States in November 1970. Dropping in extra audio here, uh, I think it was actually probably a Pacific gray whale, not a sperm whale. Also, I don't know why the audio in this episode is so bad. I am sorry. It was 45 feet long, or 14 meters, and was way too big and heavy to move. So instead of towing it out to sea or burying it in the sand, the local authorities decided the best way to get rid of the massive, stinky dead animal was, of course, to blow it up with dynamite. Because dynamite is the solution to anything. But no one was sure how much dynamite to use even though an expert who happened to be in town said 20 sticks of dynamite would be plenty. Instead, they used 20 cases. That's half a ton of dynamite. It was way too much dynamite. I mean, honestly, any dynamite would have been too much, but this was way, way too much. The carcass exploded and sent chunks of blubber flying at least a quarter mile. That's like, uh half a kilometer. And remember that expert who said, whoa there, 26 of dynamite is enough? He was there to watch and had driven a brand new car. Well, a big chunk of blubber fell right on his new car and destroyed it. I bet he was not happy about that. After all that, most of the whale carcass remained where it was. The dynamite had mostly blown a big hole in the sand. 
and only exploded part of the whale. Fortunately, no one was hurt. These days, Oregon buries any dead whales that wash ashore. You can find Strange Animals Podcast online at strangeanimalspodcast.blueberry.net. That's blueberry without any ease. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions for future episodes, email us at strangeanimalspodcast at gmail.com. If you like the podcast and want to help us out, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash strangeanimalspodcast if you'd like to support us that way. Thanks for listening. I sound tired. I am tired. Did I remember to press record? Is this recording? Okay, good.